Folks, uh, this is On the Edge with K.A. Owens. I'm K.A. Owens, and uh, we're broadcasting on WFMP-LP Louisville. That's 106.5 FM. This is Forward Radio. You can find out a little bit more about us if you go to forwardradio.org. And as a matter of fact, we are actually streaming now. So if you go to forwardradio.org and click on a button, you can listen to us anywhere in the world. Anywhere in the world. Again, I'm K.A. Owens, and I'm here with Tom Pierce. Tom Pierce is the co-chair of the American Indian Movement of Indiana and Kentucky. Say hello to the people, Tom. Hello. Tom, uh, you've been around for a long time. I mean, you've uh, been a community organizer. You've been a political organizer. Uh, You've taken part in a lot of uh, movements, a lot of issues. Uh, What do you think is significant in the world today? Um, We're all under attack. And... We all feel like this is the first time this has happened before. But we really need to remember, I was just writing on my Facebook page the other day, we've survived Reagan. And Reagan was a time of baseball bats and bricks and lumps of coal, blood, sweat, and tears. And we all survived that. And it's going to be hard, yes. But it's especially hard to survive a time with, with um, willing willing stupidity going on. But if we, we need to be each other's rock, we need to be each other's safe harbor, so we have a, pl- a safe place to exist in, in the very, very, very topsy-turvy world. So, Tom, uh, uh, you've worked uh, all over the country on issues, really. I mean, uh, we're broadcasting from Louisville, Kentucky, but you've worked in Florida. You've worked in other states. Uh, uh, Florida, Minnesota, Kansas, Georgia, um, Washington, D.C., New York City, New Orleans, Denver, Colorado, and, and California. So, and also, I had the pleasure of, of traveling with you and, and your then wife to the the reservation uh, uh, in Minnesota. White Earth. White Earth res, res, Reservation. I had the opportunity to meet with some very fine people if, uh, some years ago. So, uh, so when you look at uh, uh, some of the things that are going on now, uh, uh, we've got what's going on in, in the southern border. Uh, and we're lucky here in Louisville. We have some good folks here in Louisville, uh, Mahente and others, who are sort of taking the lead on making sure that Louisville speaks and raises his voice on those issues. Uh, we've got some rollbacks on uh, environmental protection that uh, that are just being announced in in the news, uh, like Obama's clean power is just uh, it's being rolled. You mean, you mean Trump's dirty power plans? <laughs> well, there you go. So, uh, uh, so there are some things happening. Uh, the pipelines being pr- pushed through that weren't were on the back burner that Obama had stopped. That Trump has um, put. Put the green, green, the grass, 
put on the fast track. Mm-hmm. And like in Enbridge Pipeline 3 in Minnesota that just broke ground. And we have three camps set up in Minnesota to stop that pipeline from coming through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're watching... We're, we're everybody, everybody across the board, we're all under attack. Mm-hmm. We really need to recognize that because right now, no, most, most of your listeners would know this, but Trump is challenging the Native, the American Indian treaties right now. Mm-hmm. And he, Trump wants to start dealing with us as a race rather than a sovereign nations. Mm-hmm. And that would destroy our people. Does that make sense? I understand. Uh, so this is sort of a legal uh, uh, twist through, uh, is it through the Department of Interior that uh, they have <laughs> Bureau of Indian Affairs. Okay, so there's a there's still a Bureau of Indian Affairs, and that's is that through the Department of Interior or yes, yes. land management. Okay, Department of Land 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 Management, which, which is under the Bureau of Interior. Okay, I see. And and the main reason he wants to do that is because he could roll back our Medicaid payments mm-hmm. that were promised to us by the uh, by treaty by the American government and and so Trump wants to break the treaties and treat us rather than treat us as a nation he has a treaty that our government has a treaty with yes. he wants to treat us as a race. Mm-hmm. And then he can deny our Medicaid payments and our um, social social assistance programs that are mm-hmm. set aside for American Indians. And so, um, and uh, well, he has people in some of those departments that are evil. Yes, <laughs> but they have sort of a retrograde uh, uh, attitude toward. Uh, everything that has to do with the environment and land management and forestry. People of color. Exactly. Education as well. Animals. Yes. Uh, So uh, I have kind of a retrograde view. Uh, uh, I mean, it seems like they want to go not only back to uh, 1950, but maybe 1850. So uh, they really want to go backwards uh, as if the world that existed in 1950 was somehow way, way better than... Uh, yeah, and for who? For who? For who? For, for white who? union members, yes. It was... But, but... It's funny. He wants to go back to 1950, but he doesn't want to go back to all of 1950 because 1950 was a time where women were getting union jobs in factories. It was a time when the more than 50% of the American workforce was unionized. He, exactly, he, where labor was powerful. Yeah. Uh, and so it's always interesting to me when you talk about labor and the uh, labor and the unions and the pension funds, such a powerful force. And I, I think that was very, very threatening uh, to people in this, uh, to the, uh, because you had sort of working class organizations through their pension funds and who had tremendous amount of, of political and economic power. Uh, uh, and so that was that was threatening to sort of waspy elites, Harvard, Yale elites, because they couldn't comprehend how sort of ordinary people who started off their lives working with their hands could somehow 
get a hold of so much wealth and actually been able to uh, uh, leverage power in society because the unions were powerful through their pension funds and uh, uh, could invest in things, could make or break uh, certain investments. Uh, uh, it, it was frightening to, to waspy elites. Uh, it was frightening to Wall Street because it was a whole sort of a working class sector of society with a whole different ethos than the than waspy elites. And they had power before uh, uh, you know, in the late 70s, uh, uh, the powers that be decided uh, to break the unions uh, uh, and pretty much did and actually lower the standard of living uh, uh, of working in middle class people. And when they took uh, defined benefit pensions away and forced everyone into 401ks, uh, in reality, and John Cumbler, who's a professor at the university, professor emeritus at the University of Louisville, he came on one of my other radio shows, and he talked about this. He talked about how in the 70s... Uh, he was a professor of mine. Yes. Well, John Cumbler talked about how the corporations, they were still making huge profits in the 70s, but the rate of increase wasn't what they wanted to be, so they decided to start taking back from labor, uh, then offshoring the jobs, and so on and so forth, and what, what we see today in, in destroying the good pensions and uh, uh, the good defined benefit pensions and when you work for uh, 20 or 30 years and, and get a set amount until you die. They decided to, uh, the elites decided to destroy all of that and, and really lower the standard of living. Uh, John Cumler uh, talked about how uh, of course, you know, uh, you know, back in the day, you know, you had one guy working at Ford International Harvester. The wife didn't have to work, but you could still make enough money to put the two kids to, through college and uh, get a car every, every, every so often. And then the wife had to come out of the house to work because when the jobs changed and, the, uh, and what people were being paid changed, the wife had to come out of the house to maintain a more or less, you know, middle classy uh, lifestyle. Uh, but I don't think it's too late. I mean, the business community wants to act as if, oh, defined benefit pensions, who wants that anymore? Well, everybody. Uh, <laughs> 401k, you know, the business community tries to tell us 401ks are great. Nobody thinks that. Nobody wants one. <laughs> you know, everybody wants a defined benefit pension. Now, nobody wants a 401k. No one to say, oh, I'll depend the rest of my life on the 401k. Uh, you know. Uh, so. Uh, it seems to me like um, what Trump really wants to do is go back to 1921, not 1950, because that's when Black Wall Street was destroyed. Yes. That's when um, white people thought American Indians were gone. They were. We, we were just hiding. <laughs> mm -hmm. They had sent, all the people of color in this country in 1921 were scared to death, and shortly after that was when they interned Japanese people. So it seems like to me we 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 need to remember to remember that after 1921 came the depression. That's all right. So, in 29, you had the depression, and then World War II came along. Uh, Intern the Japanese Americans. Uh, uh, in 1921, you had the federal government gun down World War One veterans, demanding their benefit pay. Talking about the bonus, the bonus Bo marchers. Bonus marchers. Uh, that's right. They were uh, the, the soldiers came to Washington. Uh, 
yes, because uh, they've been promised a bonus from World War One. Seems to me that's the America we're living in now. Well, um, uh, uh, see, see, I mean, he hasn't declared all all out war on people of of working people or people of color yet, but it's he's sure using that language. Well, uh, it's interesting to me is that, uh, uh, you know, if people remember the civil rights movement, uh, you know, in the 60s, the United States did have an expanding economy, but there were certain people who were left out. And part of the civil rights movement was, uh, you know, we want everybody to be included in the expanding economy that was uh, happening at the time. And so... uh, 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 and so that was the fight. That is, it was not only for civil rights, you know, the right to vote, the right for public accommodations, and so on and so forth. It was, we want in on this expanding economy of and, the 1960s. And that was when the American Indian Movement was, was founded in 68, because mm-hmm. we wanted to be included, too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So... Uh, uh, then the FBI clamped down on all of us, and and that was uh, presumed to be a threat. Uh, right. And what's interesting with uh, the United States had enough economic power then to include everyone in on the expanding economy. Why not? I mean, uh, wouldn't it be wonderful if the elites had just said, you know what, we've got enough eco- economic power. Yes, we can let the blacks, the gays, the women, the Indians have some of this too. Why would they do that? There's a, there was enough. I, I saw a story this morning before I came here about a woman who starved, starved her boyfriend's dog because he broke he broke up with her. That that to me that seems to be indicative of the type of people who are running this country. They would starve people's dog. They would starve people. And her people to get back at, at us because we elected the Obama president. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't mean to be extreme, but it seems like they they're they they they're not afraid to do anything anymore. Well, uh, uh, it's just interesting to me. I mean, you look at certain parts of the country where you know they've never really been wealthy, uh, but. Uh, you know, the New Deal and the Franklin Delano Roosevelt policies and the Great Society gave them a better opportunity than they've ever had had before. That is, the New Deal, the Square Deal, the Fair Deal, all those democratic policies. And, uh, and if all those policies went away completely, those people would, the people who voted for Trump would be the people who are most affected. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're on food stamps, they're on Medicaid, they're on social assistance. I I see it every day in in rural Kentucky when I'm organizing in the field. Oh, absolutely, and uh, 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 and uh, I mean most of Eastern Kentucky, I mean, uh, exists on government checks of one sort or another, right. whether it's a a military pension or uh, uh, other type of uh, uh, government checks. That, so, that's Western Kentucky as well. Yes, so. Um, but uh, race has always been a key issue. You've always been able to tell certain types of people that if things aren't going well, it's the problem of the brown people, it's the dark people that are causing the problem. When actually, it's, 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 
as far as uh, Appalachia's people who look exactly like the people who are poor but just don't want it to give the poor people a better chance at life. Uh, so, and those people in Eastern Kentucky voted who voted for Trump, they they just voted. They watched. It seems like no matter which president comes in, Democrat or Republican, nothing ever changes for them. Mm-hmm. And and this is the part of what I'll say that that I will. I'm I'm a revolutionary, and um, um, they do not feel. I lo- I really loved Obama, but let's face it. Um, those people. F- Felt left behind, not by Obama, but they blamed Obama. Mm-hmm. They they're left behind by the one percent. Right. Well, it is true that uh, I mean I've always said this. If uh, uh, you know this sort of centrism that's in the Democratic Party, uh, that's what they call it. But uh, and neoliberal economics, which is uh, it just doesn't work. Uh-huh. Uh, for the great majority of people. It just doesn't work. And so I can understand people getting frustrated. Uh, 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 I mean, if Obama had had sort of an FDR uh, job program uh, where anybody who wanted a job can get one, uh, criminal record or, or not, high school diploma or not, and the job paid $15 an hour. Let's say when he first came in, he said, look, we're going to have Obama jobs for two years. Everybody gets paid $15 an hour. We're gonna, uh, it's going to be just like the WPA. Uh, you're going to have uh, benefits uh, with the job. We're just going to do it for, for two years. Everybody wants a job, gets a job. White, black, tall, short. You know, wide slim. And if you look all, all all over this country, from the um, I forget the program what what it was um, called, but by FDR, that um, most of those um, projects that they put thousands of people to work, mm-hmm. millions of people mm-hmm. to work at that time mm-hmm. to get them out of the depression. Yeah, and most of those. Um, Think those structures they built built back then. They're still around today. The bridges and so yeah. on and so forth. And oh, as a matter of fact, there are state parks uh, that were never better taken care of, except during the depression, and because they were gardened. I mean, they had so many people. But every state park was like a garden. And national parks too. Yes. And, and natural forests. And uh, they used to. I'm trying to remember remember what that program was. Called. It was something service. Well, they had CCC and uh, that's right. Yeah, Civilian Conservation Corps. That's it. That's it. Right. So yeah. So so if he had done that for the first two years, I think that the whole attitude toward Obama uh, by white people would have di- been different. Uh, that is the, the whole sort of Mitch McConnell uh, uh, dedicating himself to making uh, Obama a one-term president. Uh, I don't think that would have worked so well if Obama said, look, we're going to have Obama jobs for the first two years. Anybody who wants a job can have one, period. Well, I'm going to say something that um, won't be very popular, and you might disagree with me, but I have a theory that the 1% allowed us to elect Obama the first time because they wanted to release the pressure that had been built up by the, the 
collapse of the housing market in 2008. I feel like the 1% were afraid of the rest of us, and they allowed us to elect Obama. So there was a fear that, there's always a fear that uh, the people will get wise to what's going on and overturn the, the sort of uh, free market capitalist gravy train. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not one of the, I'm one of the people who does not believe Obama was, he was good, but he wasn't a revolutionary. He wasn't, <laughs> all the drone strikes and all the, if you look at the, the deportations, yeah, the deportations and the people like Jamie Dimon who supported him and Clinton and, and, and now Trump and now the same people who, this is interesting. The same one percenters who supported Obama have now gotten behind Trump. Well, they get the tax cuts and the uh, right and the deregulation, you know, and and uh, they figure if Trump goes down, I mean, uh, uh, they'll get pence and they'll still get their economic program. And and right. some people have even said that uh, Governor Matt Bevin of Kentucky is on the short list to be vice president uh, when uh, when Trump goes down. So uh, uh, so the elites yeah. have def- definitely got definitely got a, a plan. So uh, they always have. So uh, uh, it's just that the the people need to have their own plan. They need to have a clear set of goals. Yes. Uh, you know, I've I've always said that uh, you know if you know if, if sort of urban blacks and the small town and rural white people could work together, uh, could understand uh, what it is we have in common and our common needs and common desires for our families and for our future, we could really make the United States uh, uh, into the country that it needs to be. Uh, so, uh, uh, you know, if, if that will ever happen, uh, so I don't know. But, uh, of course, the population is, is becoming more brown, uh, which, you know, I'm all for that, as a matter of fact. Uh, you know, the American Indian Movement believes this government is illegal. Mm-hmm. This very formation was f- formed by criminals. Mm-hmm out of somebody else's land that they killed and then built up by free labor from Africa. Mm-hmm. And the whole thing, What? when was America great? When? when? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess when unions were flourishing, it was better, but mm-hmm. I, w- I would never say great. Mm-hmm. Because American Indians have always suffered. No matter what happens, we always suffer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so do African Americans. Well, that's uh, uh, that's history has shown that. Uh, so, uh, how are we coming along with uh, uh, black and brown unity, and uh, black and brown unity, and uh, unity of uh, small town and rural whites? Are we making any? I think we're doing a little bit better with the black and brown, but uh, I don't know how we're doing with the small town whites. Well, there's some progressives, believe it or not in rural communities. And they're pretty, you you, not, you not, might not believe this, but there used to be an Appalachian Liberation Front. <laughs> okay. Back in the day. Okay. But that's kind of, we really need 
a, an injection of that kind of spirit back into rural America. Because Appalachia, people forget, Appalachia got more progressive when Kennedy went down and made it a priority. Mm-hmm. And, and, and really put the focus of the U.S. government on Appalachia. Mm-hmm. So um, rural communities, like last year, we had about 100 people show up and protest um, Mitch McConnell in Owensboro. Okay. That's progress. Okay. For Owensboro. Okay. So there are people, but they're, you know, they, they're not going to get the thousands of people out like we do in Louisville. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, they're, they're, it's, it's a lot of grassroots organizing this, that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. So there have been uh, progressive farm worker movements, and there have been historically, I mean, people don't want to forget that, uh, you know, even during uh, uh, the period between the Civil War and 1900, that were blacks and whites tried to work together in North Carolina, and, uh, you know, the, uh, uh, well, you know, the other kind of white people just couldn't stand it, so it literally killed them and ran them out of, out of, out of power. So... There have been times when blacks and whites and uh, have worked together, even in the South, for things that were good. Like in Weisberg, Kentucky, you have Applesop. Mm-hmm. And they that I'm going to put a plug in here for another station, WMMT Mountain Radio. Right. That they they have multicultural programming. Mm-hmm. They play rap. They play bluegrass. They play jazz. They play all kinds of music, and they play progressive. Um, they have progressive themes in their their programming, mm-hmm. and Apple Shop has produced a lot of videos mm-hmm. um, that are very progressive as well. And they're recently they've been providing, they've been focused on the fact that the the, the radio station gets into some of the prisons prisons in Appalachia, where they are sending urban African Americans to Appalachian prisons mm-hmm. and. They're trying to reach those people. They, those, those people. They, they call it the from the holler to the hood. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're trying to bridge the gap there, but it's it's a work in progress, brother. Mm-hmm. Folks, we've been here with uh, Tom Pierce, who is uh, co-chair of the uh, American Indian uh, Movement of Indiana and in, uh, Kentucky. Um, you've been listening to uh, On the Edge with uh, K.A. Owens. Uh, Tom, uh, we've got about uh, uh, a minute to go. Uh, what would you leave our people with? Uh, Raise hell. Call your... I said hell. Okay, which is, uh, yes. <laughs> um, um, call your Congress people. Um, show up in the, their offices and express yourselves mm-hmm. on a, a variety of issues, like um, bringing back the clean power plan mm-hmm. and um, um, just immigration policies, mm-hmm. and 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 the like the the newest um, farm bill that Steve King produced an amendment to that's very very progressive, mm-hmm. and and tell them to pass the farm bill the the bipartisan farm bill that was negotiated by prog- progressive Democrats and moderate Republicans that without the Steve King amendment. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and also call and tell Trump 
Call the White House, 202-456-1112. And tell Donald Trump, give him a piece of your mind. Tell him you don't want to lose Obamacare. Tell him you don't want to see these pipelines coming, forced down the throats of the American Indian people. Tell them you don't want to see programs cut in urban communities like West Louisville and the health clinics that we have. Just get up, get organized, and fight back. All right. Thank you, Tom Pierce. And uh, just reminding you on FOR, we don't uh, support any political party or uh, politician. Or I don't. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, don't uh, support any uh, products or services. So, uh, so uh, 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 thank you so much, Tom. Thank you.